doll. Hey, doll. I'm your host, Paula. And I'm your host, Cynthia. And we are Dolls Dolls and and Doom. And we're back. We are back. For 2022. Yay. Thanks so much, listeners. We ended up taking off a little more time than we had originally planned. We just had some unexpected things happen. The holidays. We needed a little break. We got it. And we're back back with a vengeance. That's right. So thanks for hanging in there. Yes, we really appreciate it. And we missed you. Okay, so Paula, I've got a pretty crazy one today. Okay. Let me ask you, did you ever watch the TV show called 19 Kids and Counting? No, but I do remember it. Okay. Well, listen, everybody, regardless of whether or not you watched this show, I want you to strap in right now because today I'm going to tell you all about Josh Duggar. Okay, so back when you and I worked together, Paula, 2013, 2014, 15, those years, there was this show on TLC about a family that, among other conservative viewpoints, they did not believe in birth control or any type of family planning. So at the end of the show, the title was 19 Kids and Counting, but it actually started off titled something like 14 Kids and Pregnant, something like that. Okay. Now, this show was huge, and it followed the Duggar family. The parents are Jim Bob and Michelle, and then they had 19 kids, all of whose name started with the letter J. That's a lot of J's. That's a lot of J's, (laughs) for (laughs) sure. Towards the end, let me tell you, they got pretty creative with some of these names. I'll bet. Now, the Duggars were part of a very conservative religious group called Independent fundamentalist Baptists. That's a mouthful. Right. So Baptist is already pretty conservative. This is like way beyond that. Way beyond. So in this denomination, one of the things that is taught is that you do not use birth control in any form. Family planning should be left to God. And however many children he wants you to have, that's how many children you will have. You should not interfere with that. Gotcha. It teaches that women should always be sexually available to their husbands, regardless of what mood she may be in. So as you can imagine, with no birth control and constant availability, these families often have many children. Mm -hmm. The girls in these families, the girls and women, all have long hair. They can only wear skirts or dresses. Their bodies are always covered very conservatively. Dresses go to the knees. They don't wear anything sleeveless, nothing low cut. Uh, Their bathing suits are literally like turtlenecks that go all the way down to the knees. Oh my goodness. Right. It's very, um, very, very conservative. And the reason why they dress this way is because they are taught and they believe that if the way they are dressed causes a man to lust over them, they have actually sinned by causing that man to stumble. As you can imagine in this scenario, sex before marriage is absolutely forbidden. And these families go to great lengths to make sure that sex before marriage does not happen. So first of all, kids are not allowed to date. So instead of dating, they actually court. If interested young man goes to the father of the girl that he's interested in and asks permission and gets permission. Then he is allowed to court this girl. 
similar to the 1800s. <laughs> Very similar. <laughs> what is courting? Courting is actually getting to know someone with the intention of marriage. So the Duggars have said on several occasions that dating is just preparation for divorce. You date someone, when it stops being fun, you break up. You date someone new, you break up. And you just continue that cycle. But in courting, you intentionally get to know someone for the sole purpose of marriage. And yes, sometimes these relationships, these courting relationships, they do sometimes end. They don't all end in marriage. But more often than in the regular dating world, at least, these young couples do end up marrying in early adulthood. So like 18, 19, 20. Now in the Duggar family, these couples who are courting are not allowed to be alone ever, ever. So the reason for this is because if left alone, they may become tempted to sin together. So all contact, including phone calls, video chats, they're always monitored by Jim Bob or Michelle or, you know, some other trusted chaperone. And any in-person contact always requires a chaperone, either one of the parents or, you know, a couple of the siblings. But these couples are never, ever, ever, ever allowed to be alone together. They're also allowed very little physical contact. There is no front hugging because when you front hug, the front of your body is touch and body parts touch that shouldn't be touching, according to the Duggars. So they side hug. So do you know what a side hug is? I'm, I'm guessing you're both facing the same direction and just put your arm around that person's shoulder. Yeah, you got just it. Give them a little squeeze. Yeah. <laughs> the sides of your body is touch and that better not happen for very long, let me tell you. <laughs> Hand-holding is something that is done only after a couple is engaged, and they definitely don't kiss until they are pronounced husband and wife, and they're at the altar in front of all of their friends and family, and sometimes the television crew, they share their first kiss together. Wow. Right. Then and only then are the married couple ever allowed to be alone with each other. It appears in the Duggar family that the kids normally start this courting process in their late teens, and they're generally married as young adults. However, in this denomination, the children, and especially the girls who are not married, remain living in their parents' house under their father's authority until they are married. So like when you and I grew up and became adults, we lived independently even though we were not married. But that would never happen in the Duggar family unmarried women live at home until they are married no matter how old they are and in fact right now Jim Bob and Michelle's oldest daughter Jana who is 32 is unmarried and still living in their house sharing a room with her younger siblings oh my gosh I could not do that oh me neither no 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 I moved out when I was 19 I was like see ya right <laughs> it's, it's hard enough for me to live with my husband and kids I cannot right. imagine living with my parents. I right. just can't. And then sharing a room with your sibling? Right. Nope. Right. I want to start this off and maybe I should have said it sooner. I'm not here to knock anyone's religion. You know, as long as you're not hurting anyone, I think it's amazing that we live in a place where we have the freedom, at least here in America, to believe whatever we choose to believe, carry whatever faith we choose. But this denomination is way too conservative for me, personally. I don't agree with a lot of what this religion teaches. 
if you, one of our listeners, do, my point here today is not to put you or your faith down. I just wanted to give a backstory for this family. And in this situation, I do believe that some of these conservative teachings and values and this lifestyle may have possibly helped to create what what we're dealing with in Josh Duggar. And right. You'll see what I mean as we go along. Okay, so I actually loved watching the show. I loved the show. <laughs> because overall, I thought the family seemed really nice. The kids, I thought, seemed pretty well behaved. Everyone seemed mostly happy. And I thought it was fascinating because it's so different than like how I choose to live. I do remember thinking... How will these girls ever get to know their soon-to-be husbands when they're never alone with them? Because I remember when I was younger and dating, I remember my mom saying, when you get serious with a guy, you better make him mad because you want to see what he looks like mad because you don't want to have this guy who's going to flip and turn into this abusive man. You need to know that before you're locked in. I'll never forget that advice. But how do these girls who are never alone with this guy, not even allowed to talk on the phone alone, how are they ever going to know what this person really looks like and yep. in their darkest moments? Exactly. You know they're not going to share that side of themselves. Yeah, they're on their best behavior. They right. have to be. Right. So I always wondered about that. Even before anything came out about Josh, I just always wondered, how do they really see, like, the bad side? Because I don't show my bad side in, right. front, of, <laughs> in exactly. front of just everybody. But overall, I did think the show was fun to watch, and they they seemed fine and happy and healthy. But then one day, in May 2015, you and I were working together, and our other coworker, who also watched the show, came into the office that morning and said to me, Cynthia, did you hear about Josh Duggar? And of course, I had, because it broke all the news. So the Duggar family was supposed to go on the Oprah Winfrey show for an interview of some sort. And sometime during that background phase, the Oprah staff had found a police report from several years earlier that said that Josh Duggar, the oldest Duggar child, had inappropriately touched five girls when he was 14 and 15 years old. So the Oprah show canceled the interview and somehow this sealed police report, and it was sealed because everyone involved, including the victims, were minors, was leaked to the press. So at first, all we knew was that when Josh was 14 or 15, he'd inappropriately touched five girls. And and that could mean anything. And I actually remember telling my coworker that, yes, I had heard about it, but I remember telling her, like, I promise you, it was nothing. He probably just got kissing a girl or maybe like looking at a Victoria's Secret magazine or watching TV, MTV or something. And because his parents are just so conservative, they probably just made it into this huge deal because that was a big no-no. That was legitimately my first impression. But then more information kept coming out. Uh Uh-oh. So we learned that four of the five girls were his own sisters. (gasps) And the fifth girl was his babysitter. Now, 19 Kids and Counting was TLC's number one show at the time. So when this broke, it was everywhere. And obviously, it was a huge scandal. Now, keep in mind, though, this inappropriate touching happened years earlier. We're finding out about it six, seven, eight years later. Right. So as information about what Josh had done kept coming out, it kept getting worse and worse. And we actually learned that this was something that Josh did over a period of several years. 
So several times when one of his sisters was asleep on the sofa, he would touch her both over and under her clothing on her breasts and her genitals. Then he would feel guilty. He would tell his parents what he had done. And he did this several times that he admitted to, which makes me wonder how many times he did it that he did not admit to. Exactly. Now, when I say he did this several times, he actually would go to his parents, tell them what he did. They would pray about it. They'd give him a stern talking to, maybe, you know, a little therapy. And then months would go by. He would do it all over again and then go tell his parents about it all over again. This happened several times before eventually Jim, Bob, and Michelle took real action. Now, allegedly, what prompted them to finally do something was the age of their daughter when he touched her supposedly the last time. She was in the single digits. Now, the police report calls all of the victims Jane Doe 1, Jane Doe 2, all the way up to Jane Doe 5, again, because they were all minors. And we know four of these five girls were his sisters. One was a babysitter. Based on the information that's been given to us, based on the ages of the kids, I was able to figure out the ages of his victims. The youngest was four or five years old. Possibly, depending on, you know, where in the year this happened, possibly even as young as three. Oh, my gosh. Right. We do find out in more detail what exactly he did to these girls. And I can tell you, it was a lot more than just touching breasts over clothing. Not that that would be okay. Right. But it was much more than that. Oh, jeez. He cornered one of these girls, and the ages of the five girls ranged from 13 to as young as three or four. So that was the age of the five girls. He cornered one of them in the laundry room so that he could reach under her dress and touch her. One night, and this is the one that sent Michelle and Bob into real action. One night he was reading Bible stories to his youngest victim. So this is the one who was maybe four or five, possibly even three, when he reached under her dress and digitally penetrated her while reading her Bible stories. Oh my gosh. So that was what finally made his parents actually do something. So they took him to the Arkansas State Police, where they say they walked into the police station, immediately saw an officer who they recognized, and they asked to speak with this officer alone. Allegedly, according to the Duggars, Josh told this officer what he had done. Although this officer would later say that he was only told about one incident, and had he known of all of the offenses, he would have handled the situation differently. But the officer did tell Josh that if he continued this behavior, he would end up ruining his life and spending it in prison. Now, just a little side note here. That officer is actually currently serving a 56-year prison sentence for child pornography. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Okay, so like I said, when all this broke, it was like back in 2015. And these people were celebrities. So, of course, everyone wanted the details. So Jim Bob and Michelle did an interview with Megan Kelly where they talked about what Josh had done and how it was handled in the home. Michelle and Jim Bob really downplayed everything. Jim Bob especially made it seem like it was really no big deal. He even said it was no big deal. He said the girls didn't even know it had happened because they were asleep or they were too young to know what happened as if that somehow makes it 
better. Right. At one point, Megan Kelly asked how the Duggars could do such thing as like Michelle making a robo robocall saying that transgender women might want to go into the women's restroom to molest young girls because at this time the Duggar family really used their platform to preach conservative values and one of the things they were speaking out against was transgender rights so Michelle did this robocall saying that hey parents do you really want transgender women it's not what she called them but transgender women to be able to go into the girls bathroom so they can molest your little girls that's awful and megan kelly asked them how they could say that a transgender woman might want to use the women's restroom to have access to little girls knowing what josh had done you know how could they like be so vocal about something when they literally had you know a molester in the family a molester in their family and Megan, somewhere in that, used the word pedophile and then asked how they could reconcile that with what Josh had done. And Jim Bob's response, instead of saying, good point, or you're right, or whatever, his response was actually to say that by legal definition, a pedophile is an adult preying on a child. And the legal age of an adult in this particular situation in Arkansas was 16. And since Josh was only 15 when he did this, he wasn't an adult and therefore wasn't a pedophile. Oh, my God. So the entire interview, I was just like sickened by the fact that really seemed like Jim Bob was just making excuses. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, but your defense is that he isn't a pedophile because he missed the age of cutoff from being a pedophile by a year that's your defense there was no attitude of concern for the victims at all in fact jim bob actually implied that the leaked police report victimized the girls more than josh ever did and that because they slept through some of the attacks they weren't even really affected by it oh you know. my gosh his response really paula it just made oh, me feel disgusted yeah. it made me angry because i was like here's this man who should be blowing fire angry because of what happened to his daughters right and instead he's downplaying it right and he's defending his son defending his son who is clearly a monster jim bob closed out the interview by saying that the police were really the ones who victimized the girls because they broke their trust by releasing this report and they said they did it as an agenda because they were such a conservative family and because they, you know, had these conservative beliefs. And so the left wing really wanted to give them one for. So they exposed all of this as an effort to kind of hurt their platform. Right. When he really just wanted to push the blame off of his son onto someone else. Exactly. He did say, yes, Josh did some bad things. He did admit that Josh did bad things, but he absolutely undermined it. And again, at the time of this interview we didn't know what josh had actually done we didn't know what he did to his little sister sitting on his lap we just inappropriate touching above and below the clothes that's all we knew Mm -hmm. when i found out what he actually did i was like holy cow how do you defend that right on a four-year-old you need help yeah you need serious help Well, Jim Bob and Michelle said that after each time that Josh would come to them and tell them he had done something to these girls, they would up their safeguards by putting rules in place, such as no little girls sitting on boys' laps. Boys weren't allowed to babysit. Kids were not allowed to play hide and seek together with two kids hiding alone. Boys and girls were not allowed in rooms together alone. 
And they also said that during this time they put Josh and all of the children who were touched into professional counseling. After Josh did what he did to the youngest girl, Jim, Bob, and Michelle allegedly realized that they needed to get him out of the house because this is not going away. This is actually escalating. Right. And keep in mind, it took anywhere from like three to seven times of them, him coming to them saying he was doing this. Okay. So obviously it's not working. If your kid comes to you once and said, I did this, I can maybe kind of understand them putting these safeguards in place, keeping a real good eye out, trying to get him help. It happens again and again. And again, it's not working. What right. you're doing is not working. Right. By the second time, yeah. it's not normal one time. That's alarming. But I can understand being a parent and not really knowing what to do. But it happens again. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It just oh, it burns help. me up. They did finally realize he needed to be out of the house, away from these girls. So they sent him to a three-month-long work camp where he pretty much just did manual labor for those three months. And when he came back, they said they were able to look at him and see that he had a changed heart and was a new man. Approximately five years later, the Duggar family was approached to do this TV show. This was five years after Josh did the touching. Okay, so they were approached to do the TV show on TLC. And they said they had absolutely no concerns whatsoever that any of this would ever come to light, that any of this would ever come back to haunt them as it had been dealt with and the records had been sealed. So while starring on this show, Josh married a woman named Anna. Their wedding was one of, if not the highest rated episode on the network, and they immediately started having children. By the time the news of Josh's teenage crimes broke, Josh and Anna had already had several kids. And when asked, Anna said that Josh had actually told her while they were courting what he had done as a teenager and she entered into this marriage knowing that he had done those things, but that he was a changed person, and she knew he was the man God wanted her to marry. This could be a whole series, this Duggar <laughs> thing. Yep. I'm just literally, like, grazing over things. But I can tell you that Anna's parents, specifically her father, she came from the same religion, but her father and Jim Bob really helped to put these two together. Okay. So it's it's not... It's not arranged marriage, but it's as close to an arranged marriage as you can get in modern day. These two fathers saying, hey, I think our kids would be good together. Why don't we have them into a courting relationship? And then the girls are taught so much that they live under their dad's authority until they get married. And then they live under their husband's authority. That kind of pretty much whatever daddy says. That's what you do. That's what you do. So she went from literally her dad's umbrella of, you know, rules, rules, yeah, to Josh's. So in the aftermath of all of this coming to light, TLC actually canceled the show 19 Kids and Counting. They immediately pulled it from their network. However, they did begin a spinoff show called Counting On that followed some of Josh's sisters, the older girls, as they were entering into that phase of life where they were getting married and they were having babies. And let's face it, they were making a lot of money for TLC. People oh, yeah. loved following this family. Now, on another interesting note, this is just fascinating. The Ducker children were not actually getting paid for any of their work on TLC. Really? Jim Bob was getting paid for everyone's work. And he was allegedly presenting it to his kids that they were doing this as their ministry. 
and therefore they weren't doing it for payment. This was like their calling. This is what God wanted them to do to minister to the world while he was actually pocketing all of their money. Wow. So that was the first scandal that began the fall of this Duggar empire. So Paula, have you heard of the website called Ashley Madison? Yes. Do you know what it is? I used to know. I don't remember because it's been so long since I've heard it mentioned. Right. Okay, so Ashley Madison was a paid website that catered to helping married people have extramarital affairs. Okay. Okay, so in the summer of 2015, just a few months after all of this news broke about what Josh did as a teenager, the Ashley Madison client list was leaked. And guess who was on that list? Josh Duggar. Now, lots of famous people were on this list, actually. Lots of uh, politicians, lots of important people were on this list. But we all cared about one name. Right. Josh Duggar. And that is because at this exact moment when all of this came out, Josh Duggar was serving as a lobbyist and as the face of the Family Research Council. And that meant he would go around and speak at rallies against LGBTQ equality all across the country. He would speak out about how children need a dad and a mom and that LGBTQ people were a threat to children. He preached all of these conservative values all while being a hypocrite and cheating on his wife in this secret life he was living. A total hypocrite. Yeah. And I hate hypocrisy so one of the women he had an affair with was named danica dylan she was a stripper and a porn star who would later come out and say that she had met josh when he went to a club where she was performing josh approached her told her he was a longtime fan he'd been watching her videos for years he even watched her before she got her boob job she said that he bought six hundred dollars in private dances from her and then asked how much it would cost to spend the night with her. She said she agreed to sleep with him for $1,500, but when she got to his hotel room, he was too rough with her. He manhandled her. He threw her around. She said it was consensual sex, but that it was to an extreme. It was very traumatic for her. She felt like she was being, you know, raped. It just wasn't a good experience for her at all. Now, she did have one more sexual encounter with him again on a later date, but that was what she had to say about Josh, was that he was just very rough, in her words, very much like being attacked. Attacked. So strike two, right? Yes, definitely. (laughs) And again, lots of people have extramarital affairs. That doesn't make you a child molester. Right. But he got away with some pretty horrible behavior when he was a teenager. He's a public figure. I mean, how brazen must he have been to not think he was going to get caught? Because you're out there preaching all this conservative dogma and you're living the exact opposite life. Right. How do you not expect for that to catch up with you? Well, this time the Duggar family spoke out about how Josh had failed as a Christian, how he had sinned, how he really needed help. And how he needed forgiveness. And Josh himself spoke out and said, you know, I'm a hypocrite. I've been a huge hypocrite. I've been preaching this when in reality I've been watching porn. I became addicted to porn. I ultimately cheated on my wife. 
he did that whole like blanket I'm sorry statement that people do when they get caught. Now, his wife Anna has every right to leave this guy, right? Absolutely. He's cheated on her. He's literally been lying about who he is. But she did an interview saying that because Christ forgave her for all of her sins and that she was completely undeserving of God's mercy, she was going to show Josh that same love and mercy and she was going to forgive him and support him and stay with him when he needed forgiveness and love most. I remember watching that interview and thinking, wow, she is a better woman than me because (laughs) that is not at all what my reaction would be. I remember being impressed with like her grace and her ability to look past this and forgive him because I think a lot of what she said rang very true. Like it was a beautiful sentiment that sometimes people are unlovable. I'm going to love them anyway. I mean, like what a beautiful person. And I'm a big believer that if you want to stay through an affair, if you want to work on your marriage after an affair, hey, good on you. That's your choice. That's fine. So she did stay. And she continued having babies. Seven, to be exact. Now, fast forward to last year. It's 2021. And Josh Duggar, who owns a used car lot, has a group of police officers show up on his car lot with a search warrant. They don't tell him why they are there. But almost immediately, he asks, Hey, was someone here looking at child pornography? Now, why would that be someone's first response if the police just, like, show up at your house with a search warrant and don't tell you why they're there? In my opinion, Mm -hmm. he was trying to defuse the situation because he knew it was him. (laughs) He knew somebody had been looking at child pornography. They actually used that in trial. We didn't say why we were there. Why did his mind go straight to child pornography? He then tells the police that he is not going to admit any guilt. He's also not going to say he didn't do it. He's just not going to say anything because, in fact, they were there because someone on that property had been looking at child pornography. I'm going to put in a little trigger warning here because I'm not going to go into detail. It literally ruined my week when I when I heard the details of this. But I am going to tell you just enough to upset you so that you can see this guy's a bad guy. So I listened to the Sojo Files podcast And the host literally attended this trial every single day. She took copious amounts of notes and then relayed them to us in a podcast form. And that's where I got all of this information about the trial. I highly, highly recommend this podcast. I will say the details she covers are disturbing. But she did give trigger warnings before she would go into detail. And she just gave us all this information that I couldn't find anywhere else. I'm just going to give you the highlights. You can listen to her podcast for all the details. This case did just go to trial. Josh was found guilty. So I'm going to talk about what he did because he's been convicted. There's no presuming innocence. He did these things. So on Josh's work computer, he downloaded something called a torrent. And what this does in layman's terms is it splits the computer in half. So if you're on the normal like window side, it's just your normal computer with all of your work stuff. But if you open that other secret torrent side, everything that is done on that side is completely hidden from the rest of the computer. So it's like two computers. And of course, the torrent application is password protected with the password that Josh used for everything else in his life. Nice and easy to get into. Right. 
On that torrent side, they were able to see that videos had been downloaded depicting, here's the trigger warning, a female who looked to be about eight years old, a female who looked to be about 12 years old, and a third video depicting an infant. Oh my God. Now the Sojo Files tells you exactly what happened to each of these children in each of these videos. And all I'm going to say is that if you saw a video of these things being done to me, a 39 year old fully grown woman, it would be considered hardcore, brutal, it's disturbing. It went beyond just sexual abuse into other types of abuse. It was disturbing. This guy is sick. So the defense is trying to prove or raise reasonable doubt that Josh wasn't the person who was looking at this stuff. That's their whole defense. The whole defense was it wasn't Josh. It was someone else. The prosecution was able to prove that every single time this content was viewed, it only ever occurred when Josh was on the property. Now, remember, this is a working business. So, you know, around the same time that this content is being viewed on the torrent side of the computer, work is also being done on the window side. So like the video might be downloaded at 10.05 and then at 10.12 on the window side, an email goes out about a used car. So it's, you know, somebody sitting there doing these things kind of simultaneously. Yeah. Now, since it's a car lot, there are a lot of emails going back and forth to clients where Josh is saying, I'm here at the car lot now. You know, he's signing emails, he's giving details about potential sales, and then just a couple of minutes later, the child pornography would be viewed on that same computer on the torrent side. There was a photo taken of a computer screen depicting a vehicle, and in the reflection of the computer screen, on the very computer that the child pornography was found on, you can see that the person taking the photo looked like Josh. He was wearing a red hat that depicted the car lot logo, and you can see his clothing in the reflection. This photo is timestamped. A few minutes later on that very same computer, the pornography is downloaded and viewed. Then later that day, Josh takes a selfie while at a store with Anna, and he's wearing the same exact hat and outfit as was seen in that reflection on the computer screen in that first photo. So it ties him to the child pornography because here's Josh, here's a reflection of him on the computer that within minutes we'll be downloading and viewing this content. Here he is, same day. In a selfie. Right. It's him. It ties him together. And like I said, the defense really had nothing. Nothing. They kept trying to say that it could have been someone else. Their big thing was that Josh was an Apple guy and that he had an Apple phone and an Apple laptop at home. This was not an Apple computer, so obviously couldn't have been him. They also said he wasn't smart enough to be able to pull this off, which, spoiler alert, he got caught, so he wasn't. <laughs> but he was homeschooled, and he just wasn't smart enough. He wouldn't have been able to, like, figure all this out, computers, when, in fact, Josh is known for being, like, really good with computers. Josh was convicted on both counts. His wife, Anna, unfortunately, from what we understand doesn't believe that he's guilty and as of right now it appears she's going to be standing by her man once again during the entire investigative process she refused to let her children be interviewed by investigators and because he wasn't convicted she was not required to allow them to be interviewed but now that he has been convicted of these crimes 
it is my understanding that they can now require that the children be interviewed and assessed by professionals and if it is found that they have been abused in any way and that Anna was aware of the abuse and allowed it to happen, she can actually be held legally responsible. She hasn't spoken out about it, but from the research I've done, this denomination really, Christianity in general doesn't love divorce. Divorce is not ideal. That being said, your husband or your wife cheats on you, that's grounds for divorce. You're being abused, you're being hurt, that's ground, you know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. not like you've sinned if you've gotten a divorce. But in this denomination, it almost feels like there's no way out. You're married. You're married till death. Till death. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. One podcast I heard that said that he'd been locked up for 19 days, and during that 19 days, she'd called him 15 times. Oh, wow. I want to say she called him one more than was days, so maybe he'd been locked up for 14 days, and she'd called him 15 times. Anyway, she's contacting him every day. She's talking to him every day. He's in not solitary confinement, but protective He can't be around other people because of what his charges were. So he gets one hour a day outside of his individual cell during which he could do phone calls and video chats. And video chats are the only kind of visitation he's allowed to have because of COVID. Mm -hmm. And he should be sentenced probably around April. And he's looking at, you know, probably 20 years per count. Wow. Okay. So he's going to be gone away for a long time. Good. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where things are now with Josh Duggar. We talk about a lot of bad people. I have to tell you, this case disturbed me more than any other case because, one, you're talking disgusting things to defenseless little kids. But we've talked about that before in other cases. Like, that's always bad. But this guy's over here pretending to be, I hate to use the word better because Christianity isn't about being better than everybody else. Mm -hmm. But in my opinion, he was acting like he was living a life that was like blessed by God and He was doing everything right, when in reality, he is the lowest of the low. There are atheists who are not bad people. Right. And here's Josh Duggar, who's... Who's claiming to be holy, a holy man. Right. Who is the scum of the earth. And that's what ticks me off about it, because it's, don't pretend to be something you're not. Exactly. That's Josh Duggar. a frustrating story. Ugh. It's different than anything we've done so far, but it's yeah. it's one that, like, just really... It has a clear monster, that is for oh sure. Oh, my gosh. I'm telling you, I really try not to hate people. Oh, but it's hard not to hate Josh Duggar. Mm-hmm. So I expect that we're going to see a lot more coming out. There's... um Jim Bob just ran for Senate and lost during all of this. Oh, wow. Like, literally, while the trial's going on. I want to say just a couple days after Josh was convicted. And he was just convicted December. This just happened. Okay. But Jim Bob, his dad, was running for Senate. That's crazy. Right. And lost, thankfully. Yeah. Do you have a time to kill? I do. Oh, good. Good. Because we can't leave it on this. No, we cannot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when you first got here, we were talking about TV, and I love me some TV. Yes. Same, so same. I have two reviews. The first one is a show on Hulu. It's called The Hot Zone. And it's a dramatization about the anthrax situation that we had. So it's six episodes. It's a dramatic show that lets us see in more detail what went on with the investigation and also the deeply disturbed individual responsible. It's a great cast. Daniel Day Kim, who you'll probably recognize from Lost, 
who, by the way, looks amazing. Oh, I don't think he's aged a day. And there is a couple scenes where you can see his biceps. And wow, (laughs) good for you, Daniel. I'm going to watch it just for that. (laughs) I'm an arms girl. I like arms. There you go. And also Tony Goldwyn, who was in Ghost with Debbie Moore and Patrick Swayze. He played the bad guy. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, okay. The second show is The Times Square Killer on Netflix. It's part of the Crime Scene series. There's three episodes, and it dives into the frightening MO of the Times Square Killer, also named the Torso Killer. So back in the late 70s, the bodies of two women were found in a gruesome way in a hotel room in New York City. Meanwhile, similar murders have occurred in New Jersey. I really don't want to spoil the ending, but I will mention in the final episode, a woman who is the daughter of one of the victims ends up helping solve cold cases. She's amazing and a very strong woman. So I highly recommend both of these shows. And they're both based on true True events, events yes. Wow, okay. All right, I'll check them out. You, you always like give me such good recommendations for TV. I just need more time to be able to I know. watch TV and do nothing else. Yeah. Like earlier when you first got here, I was like, I wish I could get paid just to sit home and watch TV. Maybe we should look into that. Like, yeah. reviewer, like um, Siskel and Ebert. Yeah. We should do that for TV shows. Yeah. We have good taste. The new TV show reviewers. That's right. Hey, I know. We should start a podcast where we just, just talk about TV. TV. Hey, I'm in. We'll call it research. There you go. (laughs) Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. We're looking forward to a great 2022 with you. And we hope you all had a great New Year's celebration, whatever you did. I slept. I was in bed by 1030, and that was, like, my best effort to, like, stay up, you know, and party the night away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was watching some reruns of Gilmore Girls, and then I went to bed. Okay. Did did you make it till midnight? Yes, only because I didn't realize the time. I planned on being in bed by 11, but... There's just those times where it doesn't feel as late as it is. Yes. And that was just one of those nights. Okay. Fun, fun. It's going to be a great 2022. I can feel it. Me too. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Be sure to check out our website for pictures and links corresponding to each episode at dollsanddoom.com. Follow us on social media. Leave a comment. And stay alive so you don't end up on the wrong side of the grass. Bye. Bye.